John chapter 15. We were here last week. We're going to go to a different verse. Last week we talked about abiding in Him. And if you really want to see your friends and your family members saved, if you really want to live a set-apart life, then you need to abide in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me, because apart from me, you can do nothing. And I have learned in my short life so far that if I don't have Jesus, I am nothing. And if I'm not with Jesus, I can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you. I'm going to read that again. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. It's interesting because in this passage, Jesus has just started telling these guys, these disciples who have been following him around for quite some time, and he's getting closer and closer to the end of his life, closer and closer to that place where he'll be hanging on a tree for all mankind. And just before verse 15 that we read, he said, there is no greater love than this, than that you would lay down your life for your friends. And he says, you are my friends. What is he telling them? He is telling them how loved they really are. He's telling them in a way that they may not understand, you are my friend, and because you're my friend, I'm going to give my life for you. Now this sentiment, this, this, this phrase, this story is echoed to us today. It's true for us today. Jesus, yes, he was talking to his disciples 2,000 plus years ago, but do you know today Jesus is saying, you didn't choose me. I know that you might have given your life to Jesus, but you didn't choose him. He chose you. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, you are so precious. You are so valuable to this holy God that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, for you. He gave him up. He gave him up to die for you and for me. There's a lot of young people walking around today in our society and in our age that don't believe that they have any value. And if you don't believe that you have any value, then you're not going to recognize that you have a purpose. But you have an intended purpose. You have an intended purpose. You have been created for greatness. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you have been created for greatness. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you have been created for greatness. God chose you. I want to show you this in 1 Peter. Go to the book of 1 Peter. It's toward the end of the Bible. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you, and I have appointed you. You have been chosen. You have been appointed. I want to tell you something. When you're born again, your value doesn't come from what you do. Your value doesn't even come from who you think you are or what people say you are. Your value comes from who God says you are. Your value is not in what you do. You might be the greatest actor in the world. You may be the greatest uh, you know, band player in the world. You may play an instrument like no one else in the world. You may do something. You may run faster than anyone in your team. But your value doesn't come from what you do. It comes from who God says you are. You see, when I was your age, I made the mistake of placing my value on what I did. 
and I thought because I was on the volleyball team and I was a captain and I wasn't that good, I thought that I must not be that good in life. And all throughout my young high school and junior high school and college career, I was trying to find out what I was good at because if I could find something I was good at, then I could attach my value to it. But then one day Jesus got a hold of me and I didn't care about what I did because he didn't care about what I did. My value wasn't based on how good I was at, at guitar. It wasn't based on how bad I was at volleyball. It wasn't based on how you know, good I was at academics. It was based on who God says that I am. And that is what God is telling us today. A royal priesthood, a chosen generation. That is you. That is you. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you, say I, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Say amen. amen. That is awesome. Let's read it again. You are a chosen, say chosen, chosen. generation. You are a royal priesthood. Say royal. royal. You are a holy nation. Say holy. You are his own special people, say his own. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now I want to tell you a little something here. This is so cool. God is so awesome. Just, just look around this room and just take a look at yourself. You know your own flaws, right? Everyone in this room, you know your own flaws, right? You know the things that you're really bad at. You know the things you don't like about you and your face or, you know, about your body. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You know, ladies, maybe you don't feel pretty enough. You know the things that, that bother you, right, about yourself. Everyone knows that. And yet, God says you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen people. Do you know what that word chosen means? Now, I want to test your knowledge here. What was the New Testament written in? Do you guys know? Not Hebrew, that's the Old, uh, did I say Old Testament? Old Testament's written in Hebrew. What's the New Testament written in? Say it. Greek. Greek. Very good, my friends. So the word chosen in the Greek, it sort of means like you've been elected. It means that you've been elected out of a larger group for a special purpose. I want you to kind of catch this here. It's like thousands of years ago in the heavenly places, there was an election going on. And the only one that was voting was the most holy God. And there were three parties that were running. There was the messenger party. Who do you think was in the messenger party? Very good, the angels. They get easier, don't worry. Then there was the Messiah party. Who do you think was in the Messiah party? Jesus, right? And then there was the believers party. Who do you think was in the believers party? Who was in the believers party? Humans. So there's this great election in heaven. And God is saying, who is going to be my representative here on the earth? Watch this now. He said, is it going to be the messenger party? No, they just have a purpose of being messengers. They're my angels. They're my messengers that I'm going to send from heaven to assist who's going to be the representative. Is it going to be the Messiah party? No, the Messiah is going to be the firstborn the firstborn, but he's going to be part of humanity. You know who the chosen generation is going to be? Do you know who the elect is going to be that's going to represent me to the rest of the world? My elect is going to be the believer's party, the humans. 
Can you realize that? God could have chosen the angels. He could have, give, he could have given Jesus an infinite human life, but he didn't, did he? No, Jesus died at the age of 33. Do you know why? He had to go to heaven so that we could receive his Holy Spirit, so that you and I could be the elect that God called us to be. That word chosen means out of everyone else that God could have elected, he elected you. Receive that responsibility. Now, you may not really understand what that means if you're not 18. Who's 18 in this room? Okay, a whole one of you. Great. Um, have you voted yet? Okay. Well, when you vote, you don't just vote for governors and you don't just vote for presidents, you know? You vote for senators, you vote for representatives, you vote for council people. And do you know why you vote for representatives and why you vote for senators? Because you want somebody to represent your beliefs. You want somebody to represent you in the general assembly. That is how important you are to God. God said, no, it could be the messengers. It could be the angels. They don't do a good job. It could be the Messiah. I could give him an infinite human life. But you know what? I'm going to elect these humans that I created, and they're going to be my ambassadors, and they're going to be my representatives to all of creation. Isn't that really cool that out of everything that God created, he chose you? Isn't that awesome? That's what Peter is saying here when he says you are a chosen generation. In the heavenlies, God could have elected anyone. God could have even made the animals do it, but he didn't. He gave you the responsibility of bearing his mark and bearing his name. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, his own special people, that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What does that mean? Look at me. That means you may have been born to the poorest family on the block, and yet God says you're part of the royal family. You understand me? You may have been born to the poorest community, and God says, no, you're part of the royal family. You may have never known what it means to be loved in this world, and yet God says you're his very own special person. You may have been called unclean and despicable, and yet God says you are holy because he said you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are my very own special people. We get a whole bunch of people out there that were graduating, 18, 19, 20 years old, 30 years old now. We are graduating a people who have no purpose. They stay at home and they play video games all day. And do you know why? They have no purpose because they haven't understood their value. There are many of you in this room that if you don't begin to understand your value, you will never fulfill your purpose. You were ordained and you were chosen for greatness. But if you do not understand the value that God has placed on you, not because of how cool you are, not because of how amazing you are at an instrument or at a sport, but because of who you are in his eyes. You are his very own special purpose person and you were intended you were created for an amazing purpose you really were created for greatness and when you wake up in the morning you don't have to be proud you don't have to be cocky you don't have to be arrogant but you can look in that mirror and you can say I am a chosen generation I am a royal priesthood I am a holy nation I have been ordained for greatness do you know that that's what our world needs today? They need great people to rise up and say hey we have all been created for greatness what are the gifts? What are the talents that you have? Do you know God didn't give you those gifts and talents to torture you? Wouldn't that be terrible if you had this thing that you were so good at 
and yet you couldn't do it to fulfill, you know, anything in life. You're just really, really good at something, and, and, and God just gave it to you so you can be tortured. You're only going to use it in your room all the time. That's it. You're never going to be able to use it outside in public. That's not what God intended. The Bible says that a man's gift will bring him before great men. God intended you for greatness. Say, I have been intended and created for greatness. Let's talk about your purpose. Because as you begin to understand your value, you'll begin to understand that you have an intended purpose. I want to bring you to the second part of verse 9. Let's read verse 9 totally again. It says, But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim, that you may proclaim, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. When you're born again, your created and intended purpose is to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. How many dancers do we have in the room? Dancers, you were created to bring glory to God for your dance. How many singers do we have in the room? Singers, you were created to bring God glory, to proclaim his praises through your voice. How many sports people do we have in the room? Believe it or not, you were created for God to be glorified through your talent in sport. How many artistic people do we have in the room? You have been created to let God shine through your artwork. Don't you understand your gifts and your talents? They're gifts from the Most High God to proclaim His praises. Every one of you has a purpose. Your paintings that are sitting under your bed, they need to be shown to people. Your artwork that is, you know, in the closet collecting dust, it needs to be seen. Your voice that you're hiding in your room needs to be heard. Your dancing skills that you're doing in your basement only for you need to be seen. You have been created to proclaim the praises of Him who has called you out of the dark darkness of this world. In this world there is darkness, but you are the greatness that shines in the midst of the darkness. You are God's very own special person. You were created to proclaim his praises at school. You were created to proclaim his praises at home, in your artwork, in your sports teams, wherever you may be. You are a shining light for Jesus. You have been created for his purpose. Go over a couple books to the book of Ephesians. Some of you may be sitting here saying, Mr. Kurt, why are you spending so much time telling me how great you are? Because you don't yet understand how wonderful you are. You may have an arrogance that the world gives you, but that's not what God's given you. You are God's very own, chosen, set-apart creation. And it's not something that brings arrogance. It's not something that brings pride. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. It's something that brings humility because we know that we can't do it in ourselves. For those of you who have been with me for at least a year, I shared this over a year ago, so you'll, you'll, you'll remember this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we dare say, I got it. All right, let's read it together. It says, for we are his workmanship. Everyone say workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Say good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh, you didn't get that. Let's read it again. It says, for we are his workmanship. Say workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, say good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you understand what that means? I want to break this down for you. That word workmanship, again in the Greek, we're looking at New Testament, so we're looking at the Greek. That word workmanship in the Greek means poema. Say poema. 
What does that sound like to you? Ah, very good. Some of you have been around for a while. Poem. You are God's full expression in a poem. Watch this. You are God's workmanship, his beautiful poem that he has written to the world. And do you know something he did in his poem? He instilled gifts inside. It says you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now the good works don't define you, but the good works are your gifts that God created beforehand so that you would walk in them. That's what it says right here, that we should walk in them. Walk in what? Walk in the gifts that God has given you. You are talented. You are chosen. You are set apart. The whole world, when we graduate at 18 years old, we go out there and we try to find ourselves. There's a whole lot of people trying to find themselves. And the truth is, if they just find Jesus, they will find who they've been created to be. It happened to me at 18 years old. I was trying to find myself. Who am I? What am I to do? But I knew the truth. Jesus was what I needed because he says that I am chosen by God. Stir up the gift that is inside of you. Stir up the talent that is inside of you. You have two options in this life. There are billionaires out there, and they don't glorify God, but they have all the money in the world. But it doesn't mean anything for their soul and their spirit. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? You have two options in this life. Every man, Christian and not, believer and non-believer, every man and woman has been given a gift to glorify God. That doesn't mean that everyone will choose to use their gift to glorify God. People like an amazing person like Michael Jackson who had the ability to turn hearts, had the ability to rise up people and evoke emotion inside of people. That's a gift from God. The devil doesn't have the power to give gifts, but who chooses? We choose. We choose whether or not we will use those gifts to glorify God. Bill Gates, an intended purpose somebody who has tons of money. But I don't know where his heart is. Is he using Microsoft to glorify God? He was created to do that. Steve Jobs, is he, was he using Apple to glorify God? I don't know. But do you understand? These aren't just great people in the world. They are God's workmanship. They either choose to honor him or not honor him, but they still have been given the gift. You have a gift, my friend. You have a talent. You have abilities that have been instilled in you long before you ever existed, and they are for one purpose and one purpose only, to be a shining light for the Lord, to proclaim his praises. You know what your gifts are, and if you don't, you begin to get quiet, you begin to seek God, and he will begin to reveal them to you. I want to tell you something very quickly. I was sitting in this, these black chairs right here years and years and years ago. I, some of you may, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you wouldn't even be born at this time, but it was years ago. I was about 12 years old. And in these chairs, there was, there was this gentleman up here. His name was Pastor Mark. He's not even around anymore. Pastor Mark Arnott and Miss Debbie. And he said, you were created for a purpose. And he said, close your eyes right now. I don't really believe it would happen. Close your eyes right now and just begin to ask God what your purpose is. And do you know what vision popped up in my mind? My eyes were closed. But all I could see was a guitar that popped up in my mind. I thought, oh boy, pff, I can't even play guitar. At this point, I didn't really know I could sing. But I'm like, I, that doesn't mean anything. It would be years upon years before I would realize what I have been created for. I have been created to worship the Lord through song. That's why I'm here. 
That's the gift that God has given me. I have been created to communicate the truth of God's word to young people. That's the, the gift that God has given me. God has made me talented to do that, not for my own sake, not for my own glory, but the gifts he's given you, they're not for your own glory either. They are to bring glory to him. Let's do this this morning. Because God will meet you right where you are. I was 12 years old when he met me right there. Let's do that. It may not happen for all of you, but God will begin to reveal what your intended purpose is. Close your eyes right now. Holy Spirit, I trust that you are in this room. And you know, young and old in this room, those who are still questioning what they've been created for. And Father, I pray that you move on every heart right now. Because there are gifts in this room. There are talents in this room. There are abilities in this room that no one else has except these young men and women. Holy Spirit, move right now. I ask you to move right now. He said, ask and it'll be given. I ask right now, move. Right now. Reveal to every individual their purpose. They may not have it all right now. I didn't have it all. But I pray that you would begin to give visions. I pray that you would begin to give dreams. I pray that you would begin to pour out your anointing upon all flesh as you promised right now. Now receive it in the name of Jesus. Now receive it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Open up our eyes. Open up our spiritual eyes that we may understand what we have been created for. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever God has given you, you may not fully understand. You may not understand it. In fact, you may say nothing even happened. That's okay. Hold on. Because it's going to be continued to reveal to you. Remember, if you were with us months ago, months ago, we talked about this. God's not speaking here. Some visions may come here, but ultimately, it's from your spirit. They come up out of your spirit. You are a spirit. You've been created in the likeness of God. God is spirit. You're a spirit. God's going to begin to reveal to you. Many of you already know the things that you're talented in. Many of you already know the things that you're gifted in. God is going to begin to reveal them to you. And I am telling you, I have seen it with person upon person, if you just let go, God will make it happen. I want to give you proof of that. I went to college and studied criminal justice because I thought I was going to be a police officer, wanted to be a detective, and I am here today singing praises to the Most High God and teaching young people how to live sold out for Jesus. So you can have an idea of what you think you're intended for, and God can have a real purpose that he's built in you. Your gifts and your talents, they will bring you before great people because you were made to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Stand to your feet if you would. Put your right hand up in the sky. Say, I am chosen by God himself. I have been set apart from the world by the creator of the universe. I have a very special purpose. I am a child of God. I am the light of the world. I proclaim the praises of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I have direction and I have an intended purpose. Lord, I live my life for you to bring glory to you in all that I do. Use me for something great greatness for you break down my pride and let it be a proclaiming worship to you all for you in Jesus name now, Father I pray for these young men and women I pray for each and every one of them 
I pray that you would begin to move on their hearts, on, move on their lives. Teach them who they are and who they've been created to be. Show them, Father, through vision, through dreams, that they have been created for greatness, created for greatness with a very special purpose. We thank you for this, Father. In Jesus' name.